More legend than fact, with a tune? The sheriff smiled. Tom Dooley is a catchy folk song, I reckon, but the inspiration for it, Tom Dula, was real all right. Tom Dooley's story pales beside that of Frankie Silver. I always thought it strange that not too many people outside these mountains have ever heard about Frankie Silver, while Tom Dooley is a household word. It's the song, said Spencer. But Frankie Silver, there's a story. Nels Miller pointed toward the edge of the churchyard where a thicket of bushes sloped down into a dense forest of beech and oak trees. Eighteen years old, that's all she was. The Silver's cabin was back in those woods a couple of hundred yards. That's where it happened. The cabin was burned years ago, and the site is all overgrown now with briars and underbrush, but we could go take a look at it, if you want. I'm not familiar with the case, said Spencer. Just heard the name, that's all. My people were from up around here, so I cut my teeth on that old story. I think it's the real reason I became a lawman. I remember as a kid hearing my granddaddy tell that tale and wishing I could have been there to investigate the crime. I always wanted to know who and why. I still do. I thought I would solve the silver case when I grew up. Did you? asked Spencer. Solve it? Never did. Maybe I'll look into it sometime, said Spencer. Is there a book about the silver case? Not that I ever saw. I fiddled with the notion of writing one myself. I take a proprietary interest in Frankie Silver, though. It's a hell of a story, Spencer, starting right here, starting with old Charlie Silver's grave. Spencer looked at the three pillars of stone, somber in the mountain sunshine. Well, which one is Charlie Silver's grave, he asked. Nels Miller smiled. All of them. Sheriff Spencer Arwood had dodged a bullet. At least in the metaphorical sense he had. That is, he did not die. Literally, he had not been lucky enough to dodge. The bullet had hit him solidly in the thorax and had cost him his spleen, several pints of blood, and a nearly fatal bout of shock before the rescue squad managed to get him out of the hills and into the hospital in Johnson City. He had been enforcing an eviction, unwillingly and in full sympathy with the displaced residents. That confrontation on a mountain farm had taken place three weeks earlier, and now, newly released from the Johnson City Medical Center, he was recuperating from his injuries at home. Three days earlier, he had insisted that his mother go back to her own house and leave him to take care of himself. He had walked her to the door, waved a cheerful farewell, and then closed the door and leaned against it for ten minutes until he was strong enough to make it to a chair. He was lying in a lounge chair on his deck, looking out at the valley and the mountains beyond, enjoying the spring sunshine and the ribbons of dogwood blooms across the hills, but he was still thinking about death. Physically, he was recovering well, but the shock of coming so close to non-existence had left its mark on him. Although he was past forty, he had never really thought about dying before. The sound of a car horn in the driveway stirred him from contemplation. He lurched over to the railing of the deck and looked out in time to see a white patrol car coming to a stop in front of the garage doors. Deputy Sheriff Martha Ayers got out, and he waved to her to let her know to come out to the deck instead of going up to the front door.
Up here, Martha. Figures you wouldn't be in bed, Martha yelled back, but she sounded cheerfully resigned to his defection from bed rest. He tottered back to the chaise lounge and lowered himself carefully onto the canvas, allowing himself a wince of pain because Martha wasn't close enough yet to see him grimace. She hurried up the wooden steps to the deck, pausing for a moment, as she always did, to admire the view. It sure is peaceful up here. I like it, he said. Martha Ayers leaned against the back of the other deck chair. I'm on break, she told him. Can't stay long, but I thought I'd see if there's anything you needed. Glass of water, pills? He shook his head. I'm fine. I brought you your mail, she said, but only because you insisted. I appreciate it, Martha. He was still too thin, and his cheekbones were still too prominent, making him look...